Denny Van here with Heartfelt Awakening Radio. Thank you for joining us for today's Transformational Journeys to Spirit. And I'm your host, Denny Van, and I help people step into who they are supposed to be and move forward with clarity and confidence. And today we are so excited to be talking with Greg Brown. He has served as a recovery pastor and director of Celebrate Recovery at Church of the Redeemer in Gaithsburg. Did I say that right? Gaithsburg, Gaithersburg. Gaither, Gaithersburg. Yeah. Gaithersburg, Gaithersburg, Maryland, since 1999. And in this 20-plus years as a recovery pastor, he has helped thousands of people, including business owners and professional leaders. I love that because I love working with professional leaders as well. And Mm -hmm. he helps them to find healing and freedom from shame in Christ that delivers us from pain, guilt, and shame. Uh, I want to talk some more about that shame in Christ thing. Definitely. Don't want to forget about that. And he is also a public speaker and author. He is the formal local sales manager at Salem Communications, WAVA 105.1 FM. Craig lives in the Washington, D.C. area with his wife and three sons. And I want to talk to you about your transformational journey to spirit. And as a reverend Christian and spirituality, what got you here? Uh, Pain, shame, uh, darkness, uh, being in the drug world, pit of hell. Um, it, uh, uh, everything I am today is a result of my deepest pain. Um, and over the last 34, 35 years, 22 of which serving in the capacity I've been serving in, um, uh, you talk about transformational. Um, <laughs> it's been quite a journey uh, going from a place of brokenness and a place of darkness. And, you know, and, and at that level, and as a result of that, that pain was a catalyst for me to get well, for me to go from brokenness to wholeness, from, from me to, you know, admit, uh, embrace, um, work through, uh, inventory, um, you know, uh, and just, just hit it head on instead of hiding, which, you know, you, you're kind enough to mention my book, Stop Hiding, Start Healing. I did. I, that's all I did. I, you know, hid. And, um, and once I came out of hiding, once I was able to admit, once I, I was able to uh, be honest with myself, God and somebody else and work through my past, which was extremely painful. Um, I was able to be set free and I'm continuing. I continue to be on the mend. I continue to, you know, uh, work my character defects and shortcomings and other things. But at the same time, I've been on that journey uh, that's taken me to a place where I've been giving back now for the past, well, 22 plus years in helping others. And it's in that environment of Christ-centered recovery of which I've served and helped uh, along with my team, you know, thousands of others. And, um, so the purpose, the catalyst for the book it, uh, was just that, to use it and hopefully it be a resource uh, for someone that, um, which I love your, uh, love the title of your show and just the transformational uh, process 
that that's, this book will help someone do that, you know, uh, be one of the resources to help them um, identify uh, issues, identify how do I get, how do I embrace the shame that I've been carrying all my life or how am I, how can I be set free from the pain of my, of my past and create a new one? So it's been, you know, I've been on that journey and um, I just want to give it away, you know, and um, uh, someone asked me the other day is what's your, you know, what's your mission? I said, well, it's uh, to, um, if anybody's in the pit of hell, like I was help them get out. Or if they're in there, or uh, rather avoid it, or if they're in there, make their stay a lot shorter, you know, just to, you know, be, come alongside someone and be a support, be a, a help and a, and a caregiver and love them unconditionally on the road to recovery. And that's essentially what I've been doing. Absolutely. I love what you've been doing in your book that you mentioned, Stop Hiding, Start Healing and yes. sharing your 20 plus years of experience and helping others to discover how to be set free from pain and shame. And I wanted to talk right. about that shame in Christ. Yes. And just for our listeners, we're going to leave a link to that book in our show notes in case you want to check it out a little bit Thank more. Um, but so many, so many are struggling right now. Yes. And with this isolation, and I have people telling me like just this morning, Denny, I'm so afraid we're going to be under another lockdown. <laughs> I mean, right. people are really stressing out, especially with this isolation. What do you suggest they do to overcome this and remain strong? And how is this freedom from shame and incorporating Christ can help us with this isolation? I know it's a two-part question. That is a good, that's a two-part. Uh, well, uh, first of all, um, let's, let's just, you know, uh, talk about the obvious. COVID has wreaked havoc on even people even people that have a real healthy lifestyle uh it has done even worse uh it caused uh you know much pain and isolation for those that are already in recovery or you know dealing with some tough life uh life issues um what we've done as a ministry is we've just put everything online uh, I'm a firm believer that healing happens in circles. Uh, when you can sit in a small group with other women uh, or men with other men, hear, hear the other hearts, look them in the eye, tell, uh, you know, hear testimonies of what the Lord's done in someone's life to set them free. Uh, it does bring us out of isolation that we found some safe people uh, to be with and to heal with and who will love us unconditionally and, and not bring condemnation. So yes, COVID has uh, done, um, you know, harm, but at the same time, we went online virtually and we've been on virtually all year this past year. Hopefully we'll get back in the building soon, but, but um, it's been really, really difficult uh, for, the, for, for folks in recovery. Um, and the second part, of, but the good news is if your listeners are still struggling, if your listeners do aren't able to get into a building or get to a place where they can be heart to heart, face to face, um, if you know, I would be more than happy on our website to be able to direct uh, where where they are. I'm, I have quite a network of you know um, uh, different ministries around the country um, and what have you. So I'd be more than happy to be of help with that. Uh, but you know, there's there are ways to reach out. But it's up to the individual, Danny, as you and I both know, that they you have to re, you have to take the first step, you know. Uh, and 
And there's Even, so much it, there's so much shame oh, connected to that first step. Oh, Denny, absolutely, and that's what keeps people in bondage. See, I believe, Denny, that uh, first of all, shame comes from the pit of hell. Uh, it is manufactured there, and it is um, used to keep really good people from getting healing, help, support, because. Um, you know, shame is just such that, it, you know, well, first of all, like the first chapter of my book, um, until the pain is greater than fear, you're not going to, you're really not going to be able to, to change. You have to get over your fear and shame instills fear. What are people going to think about me? I don't think, I don't think uh, well of myself already. I wear a mask. I hide my shame. I don't feel good about myself. I have negative self-talk. Oh, you're a failure. Oh, you think you're that, think you're that good at this, or you're so-called Christian and you're still struggling with this or that, and that just wreaks havoc on someone. And that's just nothing but uh, sickening shame. But that stronghold can be broken. And I speak from experience because I had, you know, I had it, uh, a ton of it as a result of my, you know, being in the pit of hell in the drug world. And I carried that with me for many years until the Lord finally was able to set me free uh, through a process, uh, through a process. So it, I, when someone, listen, when someone asks me, Craig, what's the number one reason people don't get, go get help? Shame. It's the first thing I will say. And then, you know, because no, when you're, when you're full of shame, uh, you're less transparent. You're not going to be vulnerable. You're not going to reveal the secrets. A lot of people, it's as, you know, they struggle in secret. They wear the mask. They, you know, hide. And that's what it does. And it keeps really good people uh, in bondage and in hiding. And a lot, my message is stop. Please stop hiding. Stop because, hiding. Yes. Because you can start healing. Don't allow shame to do that. You can be, it can be broken. That, that chain can be snapped, if you, but you have to take that first step. The first step. And, you know, you talked about testimony. And to me, testimony is the killer of shame, right? Because if you're yeah. a witness yeah. to a testimony, you'll be like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm relating to that. And shame just literally dissipates. Yeah. So how yeah. or what would be the first step that you would take to help someone struggling with pain? And second part to the question, I guess I'm good at second part questions. Yeah, when you say right. pain, cause I look, I work with clients of the male gender and a lot of times emotions and that kind of stuff they'll call pain. And so can you expand on what pain is? Mm -hmm. um, oh, well, Pain, first of all, all of us struggle with it to some degree, okay? Uh, there are varying degrees of it. You mentioned the emotional. Listen, it's, it's a, it's a four-part. It's mentally, emotionally, physically, or spiritually. You know, it's really fourfold. In one of those areas, you may be completely out of balance due to your pain of the past, failure, I don't, I'm not sure about your experience, Danny, but mine has a lot to do with the past, the failures, abortion, divorce, uh, multiple marriages, uh, overdoses, losing a loved one, 
deep, deep grief, uh, you know, trauma of the past, sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse. It is, you name it. Every single thing I just mentioned produces pain in one's sweet heart of theirs. And it's all different degrees. Uh, for guys, it's extremely difficult to talk about anything because we're naturally designed to be a little bit more closed. We're not so much offering of ourselves and the, the, the feelings and the emotions. And that has to do with where we were brought up. In my kitchen table, when we were younger and growing up, my dad was a minister and but we never talked about faith and we never talked about, you know, emotions or feelings and things like that. And when we're uh, introduced to that and it's a part of our DNA from the start, it's very hard for us to even uh, um, uh, approach that at an, as an adult. And as a result, we're wait, you know, it's, it's done harm to us. We would rather hide the emotion, hide the feeling, hide the pain, you know, so it comes in all different varying degrees. Um, and, but it is an amazing, see, and this is what I write. This is what I share in the book. And that is for my own life, which I've experienced this, is that pain is absolutely amazing. It, when it is embraced and, and worked in a, and, and um, managed in a very healthy way, oh man, it can lead to amazing, amazing accomplishments and transformation. It truly can. If it's, if it's, if it's, if it's embraced in a healthy way, the unhealthy way is I'm just going to keep medicating it. You know, I'm going to drink, I'm going to look at pornography. I'm going to have an affair. I'm going to use anything I can. Numb it. Yeah. To not deal with it. So, um, it, it's so hard to pimp. Well, it's emotionally pain, emotionally pain, mentally pain, physically pain, spiritually, spiritually, People could have uh, experiences in the church growing up where they've been turned on or or uh, treated poorly in a in their church, or they then they have an opinion of that place which should be a beacon of hope and of help and of support and of healing. They have they have pain because of the former relationships or the way their family was treated, or you know something went down. And so it's it, it's in many many different. Um, areas of our life it, it 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 there's no area of our life of which we're immune from right but it's so a matter I'm coming of, to you and i'm struggling with pain yeah what's the first step you take the first well uh the first step well the first is uh acknowledging okay yeah let's let's see i, I base most everything i do on truth and grace all right Let's talk about the truth. The truth is that because of decisions and your lifestyle or whatever you've done, whatever you've entered into a place that is uh, uh, that uh, where you are experiencing a great deal of pain, it's affected your your well-being, your uh, your relationships. If you're married, if you're you know family, uh, close All friends, it's causing yeah. you to isolate. It's like, so let's tell the truth. Let's talk about the truth. All right. So it's there. All right. Let's admit it's there. Now, so, so you, you focus on the truth and you just embrace that. And, and I, I just ask very gentle questions. I start pulling, help them pull back the layers. Okay, let's talk about, talk about your family. What was your upbringing like? What was your relationships like with your dad or your mom or siblings or what? Let's talk a little bit about that. 
And I try to help them identify. And that's the whole point of recovery is to identify the root. Okay. See, the root issues are not drugs, alcohol, pornography, and, and food and anger. Those are just symptoms that we use to medicate. Recovery should and is successful when it pulls back the layers and uncovers, uncovers the truth. And the truth is, this is why you are feeling the way you're feeling. The grace part of it is, um, I will, uh, you know, uh, there is one that can comfort you. There is one that can help you, guide you, give you hope, encouragement, strength, and a power to deal with this pain once and for all. And he, God the Father, is going to be able to do that in your life. And those he puts around you that are safe people, trusted people. A lot of people that struggle with pain, Denny, and, and others that struggle with life issues uh, are surrounded by very dysfunctional. A lot of them are, are, are in, a, in a network of very dysfunctional people. And they have to extricate themselves from the people that are trying to fix, control, manipulate. They have a better idea for their life than, than, they, own, than they do and find a new environment, a healthy environment of safe people that can empathize because they have been where the person's been. And when you combine that together, the truth, grace, fellowship, uh, accountability, uh, and then getting into God's word and finding a step-by-step process to go from the brokenness to the wholeness, freedom. I love that. And, you know, I wrote down, truth is not found outside of you. It's uncovered within you is what I heard. And it's, it's so beautiful. And you were talking about um, pain being a powerful communicator. it's, It's trying to tell us something. And you were mentioning a little bit about faith and I'm a reverend and grew up Christian, um, and all faiths are one path to the top, right? And what does role, what does the role of faith play when it comes to recovering and healing? Everything, everything. Um, Programs don't heal people. Um, DVDs don't heal people. uh, TV, television, this, that, uh, support this, that, you know, uh, that, um, supplement that, you know, they, they don't heal people, you know, um, they just don't, um, God's, God was very specific in sending his son, right. Who as a sacrifice and to, and if you would only believe in him, he didn't say you have to, he just, we've all been given a gift of a choice. Every single one of us have been given a gift of a choice. The people that struggle mostly in addiction, uh, it's a warped desire. They would rather please themselves than please God. Sounds so simple, but when you're in the midst of it, you 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 don't you all you concentrate on is I'm just, I please myself. But as far as I'm concerned, and I can only speak, Denny, from my own personal experience and the experience I have seen over the last 22 years, and that is Jesus is the one that can heal. Restore, fix, and change us. The only one that can break the strongholds, the one that can uh, snap the chains of addiction, of shame, guilt, uh, depression, anxiety, uh, with the help of professionals if needed, 
Um, so faith, to me, there I'm not going to apologize for the fact that it is that is my reason for living. It's the it's the only reason I'm alive now, because the Bible tells us that His hand is on us. At even if you do, even if you don't believe, His hand is on us at all times, and it's just waiting for that opportunity. And generally, what I've seen people turn their lives around and allow the Lord, you know, God, to come in and take over their life, um, is when the pain level is greater than the fear. It happens there too, when there's a major life change when it comes to faith, because they've tried every, they've tried everything else, and they're like, you know what, God, I throw my hands up. They haven't take tried them. letting go of the rose and let the river take them, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, and as a, yeah, as a reverend, um, for some people, when I mentioned the word faith there's stuff that comes up, untruths, yeah. if you will, yeah, yeah, about what yeah. faith is. Can you address what faith is? For somebody who's struggling with pain and you say, okay, have faith. Okay, well, what the, what the, what the yeah. heck does it mean? Yeah, Yeah. well, that that's a, yeah, you have to, uh, and I'm, I know you do, and certainly I would too. Um, the average lay person who says to someone that's struggling, Oh, you need faith. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. Well, okay. And what ex and you're what are you trying to tell me? And what is that? Because you're right. When you when you when you put it in, when you frame it that way, brand it that way, it's almost like uh, uh you know, um there's something outside you that's lacking within you. That that yes, and um yeah. As far as that, yeah, as far as that's concerned. But um, if you take it to another level and uh, talk about relationship, you know, not just, you know, faith when you bring up, but relationship. What is your relationship like with God? What is your feeling? How do you feel about God? What was your experience with God growing up? You know, what have you had any, uh, any heartfelt transformation, any inspiration? in your past and a lot of people now denny uh the church has not been you know kind to some people and like i mentioned earlier they have they have this um skewed skewed view and opinion of god based on a lot of different things right and um but i i you know again um you know uh god was very clear that um you know believe you know I am sending my son and he then Jesus was like, and the power of the Holy spirit, someone far more powerful than I am to come and, and, and live in your heart. Should you so choose to, you know, have me be your higher power. And when you do make that decision to allow the Lord to be your higher power, to come in your life and transform your life, uh, that is where your faith truly begins. You know, because a lot of us, you know, we want proof. We, you know, we want to see things. Faith is so obscure to a lot of people because they can't see it. So I take it to relationship. When you have relationship with God in your struggle, in your recovery, he'll take you to places you never thought you'd ever go because he came just to do that in your life. And he loves you unconditionally. Well, that's not how I feel, Greg. I understand. It's not about feelings. It's not about feelings. It's about relationship. Give him a try. Allow him to come in. 
And I will tell you, over time, your life will never be the same. And I, I'm speaking from experience. Absolutely. And we can only speak from experience, right? And I know there's a scripture in the Bible. I don't know where it is. Maybe you can help me. But um, Jesus said something along the lines of, if you have enough faith, as big as yes, a mustard seed, seed. Right. you can right. move mountains. That's what so he said. when I talk to people about faith, it's not something that you have to get. Right. It's a state. Right. Like if I were to ask you, are you a man or a woman? You'd be like, I'm a man. Well, how do you know? You just know, you know, right? So there's this knowing that is a seed maybe that still needs to be woken up and create more of this state of faith. Exactly. And that, and those seeds, you know, they could have been planted years ago in someone's life. You know, Uh, I, I know that my own life, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's truly, pe- listen, you know, people have either mir- miraculous transformations or they have incremental transformations, you know, short races back to back. And, you know, we, have, and I tell people this, I say, listen, your fingerprints are, are different from mine. And as everyone's in the world, that's how unique you are in God's eyes. So he made you, you're beautifully and wonderfully made. He did not design you to be unsuccessful. He did not design you to be a failure. He did not design you to struggle with addiction. All he did was design you that one day, one day you would choose him. You would choose his son to be your savior. That's all he asked. And when you do that, your life will be changed forever. And that's happened course for the last 2000 plus years and millions of years and and those you serve and those i serve and bar you know and it's you know i serve a lot of people who have been um had less than positive experiences with yes. the church so yeah. I, reminding them hey it's got nothing to do with any faith no has nothing to do with any person place or thing no no or denomination yes uh your church is where you are. I mean, church, uh, a building is a building. God's church is everywhere. You know, his, his ministry is everywhere. Uh, and, you know, it depends on, you know, again, it goes back to our, the one thing all of us have in common is history. And our histories, we have amazing histories. And it's about what they, you know, what they experienced. And that has shaped them. And we'll think about it. That's just society you know how you know where you went to university or where you what your family life was like and you know we're all shaped that way in our opinions and but the one thing uh, you know i've always told people uh, everything you've ever wanted in life is on the other side of fear and if you fear giving your life over to god if you fear this thing called faith um you know allow give it a chance just give it a chance and and a lot of people then they end up in our ministry because it is christ-centered and they've been in recovery elsewhere because there was something missing and that's where faith that's where relationship with god yeah that's where that's that's where he operates and once they get a hold of that their recovery i've seen oh my gosh i've just seen lives yes transform it's wonderful so how important is community for somebody going through 
something like this because so many of us are isolated right now. Essential. Yeah. Uh, vital. Vital. Yes. Um, see, uh, there's no. Uh, there's no. Nowhere in the Bible do you read about anybody that was alone and isolated that had victory. Uh, you know, there were surround. They were surrounded by you know others, and they were you know they they had a, a community mentality and a relationship mentality, and that's the same. That's why the church was created. The church was created for that, for community. You know, for fellowship, uh, for um, uh, learning together, growing together, healing together, being together. And the thing about recovery, Christ-centered recovery, is that you're entering into an environment where you develop new friends that you never thought you would ever have, and you find and you find fellowship and um, and accountability, uh, people that love you unconditionally that are not there to fix you. And that's a lot of people that have been uh, struggling with addiction are fearful of other groups. And I think I mentioned it early for fear that people are going to try to tell me what to do and fix me. And we make it clear in, the, in our ministry that, that, no, that's not what we're called to do. That's not, there's only one that can do that. And we are, we're, following, yeah. we're following his lead and his principles in each area of our life. But community is absolutely essential for one to have real, uh, good success. Uh, because there's nothing like, you know, getting that text message when I'm feeling at, at my lowest and all of a sudden that uh, sister in the group that, you know, sent uh, uh, just a scripture or something to us or, you know, and the guys, you know, just a, a phone call or, hey, how are you? And somebody's actually checking up on me and the difference that makes in someone's life, you know, is just um, is amazing. So I, I'm a firm believer in community when it comes to healing, transformation, and, and working recovery. Awesome. Yes, I am a firm believer in community as well. Yeah. And um, with all of this pandemic and isolation going out into the community has completely changed. Yes. So um, when somebody is coming to you for help with addiction and pain and shame, how important is accountability? Oh. <laughs> it's um, it is um, very very important um, but it's a hard accountability is extremely hard for one to accept until they have you know got it gotten over their fear uh, allowed others to um, to you know being able to share with others and uh, establish healthy relationships. You see, a lot of people, and myself included, when I was in that uh, very, very deep, dark life struggle, uh, I didn't want anybody dealing with anything in my life. You know, I don't, do not even bother trying to help me. Do not even think you're going to tell me what to do, or I'm not going to ask you anything, any advice. And that's our, that's really a mindset. I don't know if that's like that for everybody, but I've noticed Accountability is a learned practice for all of us, a lot of us. Um, and it, but it's extremely healthy. It's extremely healthy, um, especially, especially when, if your goal is sobriety, abstinence, um, uh, and what have you, uh, to be able to have that partner. That's you know, they in recovery circles are called sponsors or mentor or uh, you know, a guide, support, accountability team to help you because we're not designed to be alone. 
We choose to be alone and struggle in secret. That's our choice. And when we, but when we get into a safe environment, we have support, we have people are praying for us, people are encouraging us, they're offering us hope, you know, they're giving us hope, see you the next week, uh, make sure you're here next week, you know, making sure they're held accountable on their attendance, vital, absolutely, extremely important to, to one's success and recovery. Absolutely, because I know like when working with people, um, they, they don't see the choices that they made that led them to where they are right now. The tendency is to blame. So oh. once they shift to accountability and, oh my gosh, all of those choices I made, this is why I'm here. This is when magic happens, right? Yes, so tell, tell us about some of the, um, maybe, maybe one of your favorite stories that uh, oh. maybe somebody who's, who you've worked with that has come to you. Okay. Help. Well, there's actually a story in the book. Um, there's a few stories in the book. Um, and I'll share this one about John. Uh, he was 14, 15, 14, 15 years old when he came to us. And now we're an adult ministry. Okay. But he came the very first night we started 22 years ago. And his very sweet dad brought him. John was in the midst of alcohol, drugs, sex. He was, his life was an absolute mess. And his father, bless his heart, who's, who's such a sweet guy, brought John and brought him every week. And this is, we didn't know any better, but we allowed, we let him be a part of our men's group. Now, John had a maturity level of a young adult at that age because of his life experiences, right? He was doing adult things, right? It was, it, absolutely. So he, yes, yes, absolutely. So he could relate. And he was in a safe environment with other guys and they just embraced him. They brought him in. They, they just loved on him and they held him accountable. And, um, you know, he, he, he stayed the course and kept attending, but there, we didn't see a lot of change after a number of months and his father was, you know, up in arms about it. And I said, okay, well, yeah, let's do this. I'm going to get a couple of the guys and we're going to meet with them individually after church, after church one Wednesday night. And we did took him to a back office and the other guys and I, we sat him down and we just kind of, um, it was, it was kind of a uh, quasi mini intervention type thing. And we just said, John, here's the deal. Okay. You've got to make some major changes in your life or you're just going to continue on this path. And I don't think that's something you truly want to do deep inside. And I know for a fact that sweet father out there doesn't want that for you either. And each of us just shared our hearts briefly. And we just said, yeah, there's an ultimatum. You've got to go to a, a facility. You've got to go away. And you've got, to mer you've got to be a part of that in your process. Because although we're helping here, you've got, to, you've got to take the next step. And that's not this John. That's for a lot of people. They need an elevated source of help and you know, um, uh, professional help. Well, John did. He agreed to go down to Newport News, Virginia, to this Christ Center facility with, with young men. He stayed there and then he ran away and he ran away and left. And he ended up on the street next to a homeless guy. Um, and he he would tell you that this gentleman may have been a messenger, could have been a messenger, an angel of some kind. But he sat there with the guy and it was right then and there, right then and there. He had kind of he could see his life ahead of him and he just sat there and said you know what and and i could end up like this if i don't make any changes he went back and over the course of weeks and months 
He applied himself. He got he he got great grades. He his accountability, his behaviors, his attendance, everything was stellar. And then he goes on to Palm Beach Atlantic uh, University down in Florida, and he he goes to college and graduates. He become he goes and becomes a pastor, and he goes and gets a degree in counseling. <laughs> It's just miraculous. You should have seen him on on that first night. Now he's married, you know, kid, and he's uh, has a career, and uh, it's just he had community and support, and he had everything that he needed to get through. So if somebody is has a family member or a close friend that is kind of going through something like this, how can they help them? Um, wonderful question. Um, uh, I have, uh, engaged with so many different families and, you know, I wish there was a, you know, a, uh, well, there's a lot of resources, but, uh, one of the hardest things are, is, uh, just seeing, seeing moms and dads at a loss, tried everything they think, you know, and a lot of families think they're doing well when actually they're hurting the situation. There are real good boundaries that you really that you have to have, and you have a loved one struggling. You have to really observe. You have to look for patterns. You have to look for emotional changes and um, you know behavior changes. Because you can't just like, go up to them and say, "Hey, honey, I want to help you," right? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah. Because there's it, a it, there's a struggle with the pain and the shame. You know, and then here comes somebody, hey, let me help you. How can family and friends really help someone? I know it's well, uh, uh, oftentimes the parents are at a loss and therefore Mm -hmm. they'll call us. They'll reach out to another resource or what have you, a a nice, a good counselor. Um, You know, again, if it's a matter of uh, of, uh, you know, uh, major use, then you have to go get into a medical facility for rehab, detox. There's a lot of different resources that are that are currently available, but but I know you've tracked this past year with the increase in uh, suicides and young people and suicides overall. The most, um, the fastest growing category right now with suicides yeah. are teachers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I, 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 you know, the, well, we have sat with families on a regular basis, and uh, with the individual or without, and just. And oftentimes, the family, uh, parents or parents or loved one will come and bring the individual. And I would say nine out of 10 times, the parents realize they need to stay and work on their own stuff. And what happened was the Lord used the son or the daughter or the loved one as a catalyst for the family members to take a real good inventory of their own life and, uh, and realize, um, wow. I could really use this. And I've seen that happen hundreds of times, but um, it's, it's, well, again, truth and grace. The truth is your son, daughter, loved one has a major issue right now. They're struggling with a major life issue right now. So let's not, let's not beat around the bush. It is what it is. Um, There are ways that you can help them there. And that is finding the resources with people that are, um, that are equipped to be able to do that. Um, and we can help you do that. Uh, oftentimes, uh, and here's the other issue that happens to families is that the struggling individual 
uh, if mom and dad aren't, uh, or the family are not on the same page, everybody's at all these different directions and different beliefs and different, you know, action plans. Everybody has to be on the same page. Everybody has to be agreed. Um, I'm kind of the softy in our family. Uh, you know, I know that, know that's hard to believe. Uh, my wife is awesome. She's just absolutely awesome, but you know, uh, so it's a real balance. You know, we both have to get to a place where we agree this is needed and we're going to implement this together. And I support you, you support me. That's where families have to get to. Oftentimes I tell families, get out of the way. You're just going to have to get out of the way. Exactly. Say, well, they can't what do you mean? Well, I've, yeah. I've had dads call me and they're at a loss and they're like, oh my gosh, my son's in jail. I go, good. Well, let him stay. He's safe. He's yeah, safe. Exactly. He can't use, he can't do anything. And, and I'm a firm believer. God puts people in those, in those situations based on their own choices for that very reason, to get their attention and for them to be still and get away from the noise. So the father calls me and he said, Oh I, yeah, I, I know the judge and blah, blah, blah. And I said, so why would you want to do that? How do you know, how do you know that that's not the best place that, you know, the Lord wants them just for his purpose. Because the last thing I want to do, Denny, and I'm sure you would agree, I don't want to get to heaven and have God do the, uh, you know, judgment day. And he looks and he looks at me and says, you know what? I had that guy under control. I had him exactly where I wanted, but you thought you knew better, didn't you? <laughs> you thought you had a better plan. I wanted him to stay in that facility and just sit where I could reach him. But you had a better, I don't want to be that father or that, you know, and have that happen. Exactly. Sometimes, sometimes you just have to get out of the way. And, yeah, you know, you have to let your kids uh, experience failure. You have to let them experience um, uh, shame, uh, you know, pain, disappointment, discouragement. We can't be that codependent where we're just trying to save them all the time. And I just exactly. see that happen a lot. We, we want to rescue rather than let them recover. And I would, as a parent, family member, reach out. Uh, and enlist the services in your county, in your state. They're all equipped for that. F uh, research online. Find, you know, there's a, uh, there are really good books uh, for families and just parents and other loved ones. There, there's many a resource available. Wonderful. And, you know, I've got two sons, 27 and 33. And uh, it's, uh, it, you know, over the years, as a parent, I realized I can't fix them. It's not my job to fix them. Right. And then I realized what I was doing inside my heart was judging and criticizing what they should and could be doing, right? Once I corrected right. my mindset and just kind of let the Lord do its thing, yes. they're doing great. Oh my God. Oh, I know. I know. Go figure. You mean there's something, there's someone better equipped than I? Oh no. I know. Oh, I know. We, we you know, our, and it, it, I mean, but we're built that way. This is my son. You know, this is my daughter. You know, it, I, it, oh, it's so painful to watch them suffer. And it is, it is. I, I imagine how people, God feels when the choices we make and he's exactly. going, exactly. I know. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Exactly. Exactly. Wonderful. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Wonderful. So, I want to ask you, uh, my listeners are on a spiritual journey toward yeah. transformation. This is transformational journeys to spirit and somebody who might be unsure, just kind of in that icky space. Yeah, what yeah. advice would you leave for them? 
uh, icky space spiritually or icky space just Any. overall? <laughs> Physically, emotionally, spiritually. Yeah. Uh, I would take a moment. I'd get, uh, I'd stop the noise. I'd get out of the noise, whatever that is in your life. The most important thing you can ever invest in is you, you know, and you, meaning all your listeners, you, whoever's listening, you, Denny, me, Craig, best thing we can ever do is care about ourselves, self-care, and also uh, stop the, you know, the drama, whatever noise we're in, and just take the time, schedule the time to get alone, to get away, whatever, the, whatever, it could be an afternoon, it could be an hour, it could be whatever, and just sit and contemplate, sit and be still, and, and just inventory what it is around you, what is causing the most anguish, the, the biggest challenge, what is, you know, what is in front of you, uh, and what are you feeling in your heart? Get a hold of how you are feeling. Get a hold of how you are thinking. Get a hold of your behavior and just and, and, and begin to just do an inventory. Inventories are extremely popular in recovery. And that is, you know, um, did I feel uh, love today? Was I angry today? Did I feel depressed today? Did I feel full of anxiety today? Am I dealing with past hurt? Am I dealing with uh, shame? Am I dealing with a pain of the past? Am I doing, dealing with past failures? What are the things that are lurking that I've never taken the time to identify? And do that on your own. And do that on your own. And I tell you, if you get in the habit of doing that on a regular basis, and my other encouragement is write it down. Journal, diary, write your, I, I tell people often, putting your past on paper, putting your you on paper equals freedom and healing when you can write these things down, because if it's hard to verbalize with another person, you can certainly do it either on your tablet or your phone or writing, you know, the old fashioned way and writing it down, you know, and about me. And it's about time your listeners, uh, whoever is, uh, um, you know, uh, you know, facing life challenges or whatever, looking for transformation spirit, looking for taking that next step, to allow the Lord to, to work in their life, um, it focus on you because your recovery is about you. It's not about your husband, not about your wife, not about your family, nobody else. Recovery is specifically designed to heal the individual. Now, the latter part of recovery is designed for relationships, making amends, you know, restoring marriages, restoring other relationships and things like that. But the most important important thing you can ever do is invest in you. Excellent advice. Excellent advice. And one question that um, I have asked myself when I was going through, you know, that dark side, uh -huh. I kept asking myself how questions, because hmm. uh, we tend to ask, okay, how, you know, why does this always happen to me or why? why, why, why? So I started yeah. asking myself how questions. And one of the questions I ask is how can I be a better version of myself? today than yesterday. Wow. And so every day I just do something a little bit better for myself. And excellent, excellent advice. And if you're listening and you're having a hard time, don't hesitate and reach out 
for help. And yes. we're gonna leave we're gonna leave your information um, in the show notes. So anybody okay. listening and they need to reach out, we'll have that information for you. But reach out if you need that help. So I want to thank you so much for being with us on this journey. Check out Craig's book, Stop Hiding and Start Healing. Is this available on Amazon? It is. Awesome. Definitely check out his book. It's on Amazon and we will definitely have those in the show notes. So thank you so much for joining us on Transformational Journeys to Spirit. And um, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you, Danny.